0: Hello and welcome to ATO, After the Whistle, The Locker Room, the official off-season podcast of the Capital City Supporters Group. Damn, it feels good to be doing an intro again. (laughs) This will be an ad hoc special discussion about roster moves, incomings, outgoings for ATO and probably a bit throughout the CPL, depending on whatever we end up talking about, um, as well as rumors, credible or otherwise. Now we're keeping the takes coming all winter long, so you know they'll be hotter and even less accurate. And I am here... With Joey, you know, Joey, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm good. It's uh, it's really nice to be back in the in the recording area and be doing this kind of thing again. Uh, it's it's also good to just be talking about some football with you, Johnny.
0: Hell yeah, dude! I we have we haven't we haven't talked in ages. So much so that when when he opened this call, I realized that he's got mutton chops on his face now. I don't know <laughs> when that happened. <laughs> so we're about thirty seconds into this episode, and I already had to add out a Joey joke. So. It's a good start. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we've had a decent amount of news. We obviously wanted to wait until there was more than just, uh, like, our beginning roster moves to uh, to do an episode. We waited longer than last year. I think last season we actually did it right after that. But we waited a bit, and we've been rewarded. So let's start out with those outgoings. Um, it wasn't actually that long, I think, after the season ended that they announced the big roster update so obviously carl Haworth retired as we knew sean melvin backup keeper released from his contract mcdonald neba released from his contract Gianni de santos transferred to interkashi in india prematurely one year into his two-year contract diego speo loan-ended luke singh loan-ended John Yelasi loan ended. Elias Iliadis loan ended. Miguel Acosta released from his contract. That's a long list there, Joey. How do you? Uh, what's the, what's your biggest miss here of this list?
1: For me, it's tied, and I think for most people, it's probably the same pairing of uh, Carl's retirement, mm-hmm. uh, which we did have a little bit more forewarning of. I think that was yeah. we knew about a month before the season ended that he was retiring for like yeah. uh, a week or two at least.
0: We had enough so time we, to do a little uh, demonstration for his last home game. So we knew a little bit in
1: advance. Yeah. And, but that also means like we've already gone through all the stages of grief in, mm. in you know, whatever curse is on our captain role, where whoever the captain is, is retired or gone <laughs> the next season. When, yeah. you know, we'll roll with it. But yeah. uh, we knew Carl was going. Mm-hmm. And so immediately the discussion turned to. Well, Miguel Acosta will probably be the next captain or as a candidate for. And then suddenly he's released and there's a, uh, you know, there's the letter that he he posts as well. That's, you know, can be interpreted A, B, C and D. And Mm -hmm. and so there's, you know, there's their conjecture that there's whatever happened behind the scenes, whatever could have or didn't. um, Mm -hmm. But either way, he's gone and it's surprising. It's tragic. It's heartbreaking. It's probably the biggest loss at this Club has definitively experienced, and worst of all, I feel like it came with no closure. He got his golden scarf. It seemed like his trajectory was going great. Mm -hmm. Uh, Had had an option
0: as well that we could have just triggered.
1: Yeah, and then he was gone. And I I I hope as time goes on, it'll be addressed in a press conference at some point, or something will be said, and some other detail will be shared. But until then. I don't want to speculate about anything that happened anywhere but uh I I wish Miguel the best. I don't know mm-hmm. if he listens to this or not, but if he does, I I genuinely hope him the best wherever he goes. I I hope knowing his love for Canada that it is somewhere here yep. and that uh his pathway to uh you know fully becoming a Canadian and staying here and being here and being a part of this is something that is successful for him.
0: Yeah. You mentioned the closure thing and that was huge, man. Like we had, um, I actually know for a fact that until, uh, Howard's retirement, we were actually planning on having a TIFO for Miguel near the end of the season because we hadn't really had one for him yet. Obviously we didn't think he was leaving. It was just going to be a tribute to Miguel because we love him. Um, never ended up being able to happen. And we never really got to say goodbye it's because we only just found out earlier, uh, the last week that he was gone. So, and it was also very clear from his letter that it wasn't in his plans to leave. He wanted to stay. Yeah, I mean, you know, That was pretty he, clear. He
1: did want to stay. And um, from conversations that I have had with him, very short ones, and conversations I know of, he loves Canada. And that's mm-hmm. something he's very open with. He loves this country and more so he loves this city. Mm-hmm. And it will be different not seeing him out there and not seeing that that special quality that he brings to this, that that bright-eyed love for the country and the city that we all felt at some point. And some of us still feel, or some of us may have lost along the lines, but there's something about realizing your love of where you are mm-hmm. that can never be replaced. And that's something that he brought was that constant sense of fascination with this place.
0: Well, there's a reason why we fell in love with him so much, right? He just had that vibe, he had that aura and Yeah, I mean, it's going to be is going to be a huge miss as a personality, but also just on the pitch. I mean, you know, the guy played right center back, right back, the defensive midfielder. He was also just a baller of a player, so it's he's going to be tough to replace i mean you know uh, uh, patrick gibson mentions a lot that we currently do not i mean until we got balou Tabla who can play right wing we currently didn't actually have
1: anyone on the roster that plays on the right side of the pitch <laughs> so <laughs> that's very true and and on top of all the things with it acosta was still relatively young and relatively yeah. close to his prime Mm-hmm. So we he was all of these things and is all of these things and was on the younger end, which was something that our squad d- did and still lacks. We, yeah. We've always been an older team. And, and when we right were the youngest,
0: way. when we were the youngest, it was last season. And I mean, that really, that really showed.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. And even at our youngest, we still had a lot of older guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I could. We you mentioned that you know there could be conjecture as to what happened, and and, and you know obviously your mind starts going crazy because you are like there is absolutely no reason to not pick up his option unless there was reasons like roster rules or cap implications, right? If neither of those things were an issue, there would absolutely be no reason to not keep him on the squad. So I am wondering what what Fernando is cooking this offseason. season. Um, Obviously, Baloo brought a lot of good faith from the fans, but I mean, there's going to have to be a lot more cooking done for us to, you know, I guess, forgive the whole uh, Miguel cutting. You agree? It
1: Absolutely. It's very reminiscent of the whole um, uh, Bahoo situation at the midseason as well, where it's someone who had a very good connection with his teammates, uh, seemingly someone who had a good relationship with. Us uh, as the supporters and someone who performed well, who just with no closure, with no nothing, was just poof, gone. Now they're Mm -hmm. off to somewhere else. Um, It's a trend that we've seen season in, season out. And it's an unfortunate one, but it is a reality of a league that's of this size uh, and of this age. However, we are about to hit, and I said this last year, and I'm probably going to say every year for the next 10 years, (laughs) The most competitive season we're about to have, yeah. and it, it, it's honest to God. Look at the team we've built. Look at the team that Vancouver is an is an excellent uh place to look. Look at the team that they've built in the off yeah. season. Even Valor's doing Valor things, but in in a positive <laughs> swing. It's going to be a really really difficult season to get through, mm-hmm. and not having. Costa there and Acosta's optimism is going to be felt no matter how it gets replaced.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, speaking of also um Luke Sang and Diego Speyo, um return, both returning from uh from loan, Diego back to a Letty B and actually has since been loaned out to uh Orejuela in the fourth division of Spain, which is a bit disappointing. Um, and Luke saying going back to TFC where he's probably not going to crack the roster, they'll probably get loaned out again somewhere. Maybe even us, who knows? <laughs> again, we've had, we've had loans two years in a row before, right? So there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done in that back line. We've got uh, Carl Womet, and we've got Tier Walker signed to a full contract as center backs, and that is it.
1: Yeah, we're going to go from being <clears throat> a defensive team who is known for their defense, who's known for allowing themselves to get into these sticky situations because they know they can get out of it to well we've got those guys
0: mm-hmm.
1: we don't have much else going on yeah at least oh. you know precedent it, the precedent has said that we don't have much else going on aside from our defense line and if mm-hmm. that's changed then something something else has got to to be adjusted along the way or we need to see some real investment in our defense in the next yeah. two months.
0: Yeah, Lots of time left. We've got, what, like 13 players signed? So, you know, we've still got like 10 more to go. So we'll see how they fill that out. Um, I want to talk for a few minutes about uh, Gianni DeSantos um, and <laughs> how. So I- I'm not going to, like, I- there was a lot of ill will towards him near the end of the season because I know the goal that he cheaply gave away to start the break for Vancouver's winning goal to begin our slide was the beginning of our slide and it was his fault. And then I feel like he kind of kept his head down. Some people were annoyed by that. Some people didn't love his antics and his diving and his return wasn't that great. I think he had two goals on the season. Um, and we were sort of, you know, almost lamenting that he might not improve in his second year of his contract, which he had signed for. Um, and then we wake up one morning and find that we've sold him to India now tell me is this not just another fernando off-season masterstroke i mean bringing in players and also shipping out players somehow that we might not want or need who aren't even out of contracts
1: i think fernando in the last couple years his biggest area of noticeable growth has been the understanding of this level of football marketing he's he's shown he's Got a really good grasp of when to sell a player, when Mm -hmm. to let a player's contract run out, when to Mm -hmm. re-sign a player. Um, And there's a really, really good example that we're definitely going to get into later. But uh, (laughs) Gianni is another example of a player who, by the end of the season prior to us signing him, we made Mm -hmm. noise about wanting. Fernando heard that noise and signed him. And... Immediately, it was clear that he wouldn't work out in our system. Mm -hmm. Uh, GDS was a good player. I don't want to let that go by. In this league, he met the caliber. He was above the caliber. However, he did not meet our system, Mm -hmm. how we played, and how we as fans expect people to play. I think that was a big part of it. He was a very, very flary, flashy, showy player. And we have a history of getting excited about those guys and immediately disappointed by those guys. Uh, Brian Wright had a tendency for flair, for showiness, uh, for trying to do this, that, and the other thing, but not really much else. Mm -hmm. We originally hyped him up, let him go. And so we have a history as fans of that, but we also have a history of with this coach letting player, being very firm with how he wants his players to play, even if Mm -hmm. that's not how they're used to playing. Yeah. Um, and so I think this move to a a newer team in India that is really ready to make a mark, uh, shout out to their amazing social media team that just kind of (laughs) sprung out of nowhere and has (laughs) genuinely great posts for getting people interested in local football. I love it. Um, no, no, I think India as a whole has a great up and coming footballing world oh there's a lot uh, of potential it'll be, there for sure it'll be really interesting to see what he does there because i guarantee yeah. it'll be better here because if he was just caliber here he is above caliber there yeah and so whatever he does there is going to be entertaining and i wish him the best it's just unfortunate it didn't work out here <clears throat> but will he be missed
0: Meh. yeah it's
1: and it, it's this is
0: i believe this is the first time we've ever actually um Actually, no, that's not true. Suzuka was the first one that we let go before the end of his main contract. Um but obviously, you know, he he probably came in for a favor for Car for Carlos and then left. Whereas this was one where, as you said, Fernando clearly saw that we didn't need or want him, he wouldn't fit in the system, and he found a way to offload him. And after some research, I found that Interkashi has the same is you know partly owned by Atletico de Madrid. So um, you know, it's part of this you know worldwide multi ownership group of clubs, and we used to be at the bottom of that ladder, right? Now there's another club beneath us on that ladder, which ge- almost which gives us these opportunities to unload players that may not may not really meet the goal the the caliber here and get them off our hands. That's that's going to be super advantageous for us going forward. And to round that out, um, Sean Melvin, I heard some rumblings that he was going to sign in uh, Pacific or Vancouver, whatever. But either of those makes sense for him. That's fine. Um, uh, Asi and Iliadis. Asi was actually released by CF Montreal. So if, if we liked him enough, we could possibly bring him back. I'm not sure if we would.
1: I don't think we'll bring him back, but there's definitely like CPL interest in him, or there definitely yeah. should be CPL mm-hmm. interest for him. Um I remember, uh, the, uh, the U 20, uh, championship U 20 CAF championship is coming up. So I'm getting my notes prepared for that and getting mm-hmm. everything ready for that. And SC is on the list of players. And, uh, it's always, it, uh, kind of shook me the first time. Cause the way I found out he got released was by checking that list yeah. and he's the only name that's unattached. So I was going okay. through, I was like, Oh, oh, Montreal's let him go. Yeah. But I, I could see him returning to Valor, but I don't see him returning to us.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. And Yo, know, Valor is exactly—I I could see that. It's funny whenever we think of a CPL team that would like take anybody, it, we're always we're always putting Valor. We're not even mentioning Vancouver anymore because they've been making some baller signings. It's no, and when Valor we go if, when we go back to
1: <laughs> to <laughs> when we go back to Sean Melvin, um, Vancouver does make sense. And I remember every single time I saw Billy during last off season, any conversation him and I had would inevitably end up going back to, "Uh, it's all right, though, because Melvin's going to be the starter for Vancouver. Yeah, No,
0: I remember this. Um, Iliadis, he is actually in Arizona with CF Montreal right now at their preseason camp. So depending, that could be one where depending on how they rate him in preseason, you know, did they bring him to the fold in the first team or do they loan him out again? I would take him in a heartbeat.
1: Uh, I think he's going to be, for the first couple months, he'll be a bench player. Some injury will happen. He'll start, and by the midseason, he'll be a regular starter for, uh, for the main team. Would love but uh, I, I think he proved here that, you know, with, with some of the plays that he was trying, some of the connections he was trying to make, some of the things he was trying to do, and very similar to Del Campo, his very first interaction with the referee proved <laughs> that he was above the level of professionalism that the league is currently at as a standard.
0: Yeah. No, I can see that. Um, And, you know, he'll always be a legend for uh, scoring the goal uh, for our last game of the season where we beat Forge, you know, spoiling their day a little bit, even though we missed playoffs and they (laughs) ended up winning the whole damn thing. But it was still a legendary moment. (laughs) If you can't win, spoil. If you can't win, spoil and send Kyle Becker to his ass. There you go. Yeah. Um, so we have, obviously we had four players that were still on option. One of them was Miguel Acosta, who was not picked up three other players who we have not announced if we had picked up their option or not their options, uh, expired, uh, at the end of last year. So either they've picked them up and haven't told us, or they've dropped them and haven't told us, but either way, those three players are Malcolm Shaw, Zach Verhoeven and Zachary Hoa. How do you feel about these three?
1: Uh, Zach Waugh is probably gone, um, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of a given. He didn't play much last season. I, what, My memory like not recall if he appeared at all. I think he played um, for
0: like five minutes, man. Like I don't yeah, think there was much.
1: I don't think he played enough for Gibson to have written a player rating about him, so <laughs> less than 15 <laughs> minutes total. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Poor guy
0: got a massive injury, I think, at one point. That kept him out almost the whole time.
1: Yeah, and I think with some of the other additions that we brought in, uh, he was going to be pushed down the depth chart anyways. Mm -hmm. Uh, Even with the unfortunate series of injuries that we got early on, he was still fairly low down the list. I mean, Tyr came in and immediately supplanted him, I would think, and Tyr didn't even naturally play the same position as him. Yeah um Malcolm for me is the biggest one um because he's a player who has value especially considering his so- suddenly up and coming international career with yeah, TNT yeah yeah right um, we would have figured
0: that out especially when you know his his form with us has sort sort of absolutely you know taken a huge slide and then all of a sudden he starts balling out with TNT and scoring goals and stuff
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i i i think <clears throat> I think his international form might start playing a little bit in, trickle in a little bit with his club form. And I think Mm -hmm. training with a different set of players, with a different set of coaches in a different set environment, will give him a chance to learn different skills that he can bring back to us. But I think no matter what, even if we just sign him on another one year and sell him at the midline, he's a player who has, if nothing else, transfer value. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I I think Malcolm is still a player who has things to offer for us. And still has a role to play, and I I hope that they did pick up his option, and he's just going to be the very last person they announce as a, like, ho, 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 wah, you know? Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, <coughs> here's how I see it shaking out. I feel like we are going to announce that we haven't picked up his option, and then, you know, that same day he will announce as, have been signed in some other team in the CPL. And here's why. Because I think that we brought in way too much attacking talent these past two seasons for him to have a place here, especially considering how you know square peg round hole he was used last season by Carlos. Carlos clearly does not rate him as a lone striker. That's why he bought two of them. um You know he was playing him on the wing. He was playing him at wing back. One point it was just he was basically just depth anywhere attacking whenever we would want him. Carlos clearly does not rate him. His TNT. Trinidad form will put him on the radar for other CPL clubs, and also just his form of what he's been done in what he's done in the CPL in the past. You know what I mean? Like, I guess it's, I can see him play for just about, you know, other than Forge and Calvary and maybe Pacific. I can see him cracking rosters everywhere else in the league.
1: I think he could also easily become one of the top players in TNT's domestic league their top flight well a couple steps below us in terms of standards is still fully paid and professional mm-hmm. um and i think at this stage in his career if if he can't find the opportunity in the cpl go where go where your national team is and i think there wouldn't be any will not be any shame or issue in that um i know that he hasn't spent a lot of time on the islands mm-hmm. um but this could be the opp- perfect opportunity to change that
0: like, that's actually kind of a really sick idea because, first of all, who wouldn't want to live there? It's probably gorgeous. Um, he's probably still got some sort of family there, I would guess. Um, and, you know, obviously, he's even more on the radar for the national team, which is, you know, what a lot of players want to do. They, they want to play in a league that puts them on the radar to play in their national team. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? That could happen. I didn't even think of that. It's a great uh, great idea.
1: <laughs> Alex Marshall is a great <clears throat> example of a player very similar. He did really well with Halifax, went from being some high school player from Jamaica to now he plays for uh, one of the most successful Jamaican teams in their history, Potpour United. Uh, it's those kinds of movements that the CPL should be looking at and yeah. should be encouraging.
0: There you go. Um, and then Zach Verhoven. <laughs> So what do you? Because I, I have I have a very big opinion about this one. What do you? What's yours?
1: I think he's the most likely to. We announce we didn't sign him, in the same day he announces he signed with somebody else. And I think yeah. that somebody else is going to be Vancouver. I think he's going to be a mainstay. He could be a mainstay midfield icon for Vancouver.
0: Yeah, I mean they did just sign Paris G, um, who I would yeah that's a starting right back if I ever seen one right there. Um, and speaking of that, <clears throat> I would love to see him make a right wing back renaissance with us. I know last season he was mostly used as a superstar on like the left wing, um, with, with Balou Tablo with, with Matteo de Brienne, I don't see him getting a lot of minutes on the left wing, but I would love to see, you know, we don't have a right back right now. Maybe we know, maybe we realize that we have one, you know, right in our, in our ranks and we could, you know, finally use him back in what his natural position was, which was, you know, right wing back, right winger. So, I don't know. I think we've, he's right under our nose. I don't understand why we wouldn't keep him to play there,
1: unless it's that he has he has always been a super sub, and if it's that, if there's something that's preventing him from moving fully forward, because I think in some of his starting appearances, he's shown to to run out of of steam, of playing yeah. ability, quite quick, especially <laughs> compared to other players in this league. Might come with with age. But um, I I think he's kind of set that with us, he's very clearly someone who can come in and close out a game. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I think with with a different team that plays with a different level of of up and down pacing, because our games do go, the way we play does go from, it looks like we have zero urgency to like we have our pregnant wife on our back sprinting to the hospital because the car (laughs) battery died. Like we are that or we're not moving at all. Yeah. And I think if he can play somewhere where they're constantly, you know, out a light jog, doing what they need to do, just cha-cha in and around, I think he'd do better there than, than when he did here. Yeah. But I think here, if he stays, he'll continue to be a sub. And if he goes somewhere else in the CPL, he can start and really make a name for himself.
0: So you can see him more like <clears throat> maybe in a more possession-based side where he can almost work at half speed most of the time. Um, as opposed to us, where it was basically like, "All right, we are going to chill," and then you are going to basically go to zero to 100 for the last like 20 minutes of this game.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If he could, if he could be somewhere where he could behave almost kind of like like an alligator, where he's just like you know drifting along in the midfield, and as soon as a bird gets too close to him, he's like, "Ah, oh, there we go." And he's got the ball. He's scoring some like you know top five goal after only playing 100 minutes in a season. I love like it. Get, give him somewhere where he can play 2000 minutes and yeah. score eight of those goals. Cause he has that ability. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I love it. I love it. And I agree. And that's, that's why on my side of the table, I, I think we should bring him back. But talking about people coming back or coming in the first place, why don't we start real quick with our two draft picks? We obviously don't know if we're going to sign them. Um, but we've got Luca Piccioli and Samuel LaPlante. Luca, I believe is a midfielder who absolutely balled out with Carlton last season. Um, And Samuel LaPlante, I believe, is a left back. So tell me what you know about these kids.
1: Uh, I unfortunately don't know as much about them as I do uh, even the last group of draft picks. It Mm. seems in the last couple of years, available information on these guys. If you're outside of the school community, it's become harder to get your hands on. And Mm -hmm. as the groups, as the age groups that I coach start drifting towards the younger end as I transition more to the education side, as I, I start learning more, mm-hmm. I know less and less about the yeah. college end. Like, I, you know, ask me about the up and coming 14, 15, 16 year olds. I could tell you lots, yeah. but when it comes to these college players, and and right now I think that's an issue in Canada soccer and youth sports as a whole. and And as part of this <clears throat> draft issue, uh, I know the draft is very controversial as a whole. Mm-hmm. I personally think the draft should stay, but it needs to be expanded and it needs to have some actual merit to it. Instead yep. of, we'll sign <clears throat> these two kids to Gatorade contracts <laughs> and you'll never hear from them again unless it's Joel Waterman. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it's a it's a great idea. I genuinely love the draft, but there there needs to be more from it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. We don't we don't have to get into the draft too much, but no, I agree. It's 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 a bit hit or miss. Um I just felt like I'd be remiss if I didn't mention these two. Um this obviously isn't our area of expertise. Um the area it is, however, an area of expertise for the likes of Eddie and Brennan Atterbay, Patrick Gibson. Um, we have material on the CCSG website if you want to read a whole lot more about these kids or the draft because they've actually written a whole lot of really good material about that. So go check out the website. Um, all I know is that Piccioli was like an absolute stud first rounder. I know that a lot of people had him on his radar. So I'm I'm thinking that that could be a great source of midfield depth. You know, I'm never going to say no to that.
1: If nothing else, this will be a great opportunity for us to continue to flex our muscles with uh, Lenco OSU. Be yeah. a great opportunity to continue to work out all of the kinks with the two-way contracts and figure out what's the best way that we can have these guys guaranteed to ATO. But they're playing minutes with OSU. They're in a league. They're getting things done. And we go through an injury crisis. and We can call up LeBlanc. We can call up Luca. We can call up Omar. We can mm-hmm. call up anyone that we have in that system to play. Because that is a great system of all of the OSU squads. Yeah that one is the one that has the most potential and is clearly the one they've put the most work into. Yeah. Also, shout out to my friend Coach Ben over at OSU. I hope you're listening, buddy.
0: Coach Ben. No, I love this idea. It's almost like, you know, with with, with the NHL team, it's like, oh, we're in a crisis. We're going to call someone up from the AHL squad or whatever. Like the, ha- having that there and having having these kids um, be able to play every week as well and not just train with us and sit, but sit on the bench but having them actually playing every week is invaluable.
1: For me, the, my, big, my biggest take that I want to put out into the world right now is the CPL needs to decide which way it's trying to lean. Uh-huh. If we want to lean into the European fashion of, of football management and how their pyramids are constructed and how everything works there, then we need to lean into it. But if we want to lean into how North American sports work with two-way contracts, with academies, with draft picks, with theater teams, with that kind of thing, we need to lean into it. But this mm. hybrid model we have has, I think more cons than it does pros at the moment. And so we need to start choosing which lane we really want to get into.
0: Yeah, for sure. Soccer in North America has had to decide what it wants to be for, you know, decades now. So we're still not there yet, but good chance um, for
1: the CPL to be the trend center.
0: Yeah, no, there you go. And I mean, so we were talking about, you know, OSU and two-way contracts and whatnot. Um, we had a dead kid last year who impressed very much near the end of the season who we signed to a full contract. Talk to us about Tier Walker, this diamond that we've... That we've oh,
1: it's, this is exactly what I'm talking about with why we need two-way contracts and why we need this kind of thing because Tier was phenomenal. He, he came in and, and it was very much like the first season we had with Diego Espeo where with, the, with this kid with very limited name, if any name at all, mm-hmm. who yeah. came in and we we're suddenly like, how, how, how did we <clears throat> find you? How do you exist? Why are you here? That doesn't mean don't go anyway. Don't go (laughs) anywhere. You stay where you are. Just keep doing what you're doing. But like how and why? At this
0: this age too. You know, center backs with that amount of confidence and composure at that age is just not something you ever find.
1: Something I tell my players, especially those who are naturally center backs, is you are the rarest player in canada you are a natural (laughs) canadian center back with skill you are i have seen more unicorns in my life than i have seen skilled canadian center backs under the age of 20 and we have one and we sign him to a full contract this is the best move cargo and fernando have made in my opinion with local development here in Ottawa. uh second best We'll get onto it later. (laughs) But um, in terms of defensive players, this is the Mm -hmm. best decision that I think they've made. And I think it shows from a couple seasons of letting uh, Ottawa players go to suddenly showing real commitment to the Ottawa part Mm -hmm. of our name. And thank God it starts with Tier Walker.
0: No, I love it. And obviously, you know, it took us a couple of years of our program to get here. But we did it. We finally, you know, that's I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he is the first player from our powered by system that we've signed to a full contract. Am I mistaken or is that correct?
1: He, I believe he is. Mm-hmm. Um
0: Yeah, no, I I love this kid um as like a, I I know it's kinda of cringy, but as like a Liverpool supporter, he reminds me of a player there named Jarel Kwanzaa who uh is a center back there and came through the academy and sort of came in during an injury crisis and absolutely just crushed it as like a very young player. So the fact that we can unearth these kind of gems is amazing. And you mentioned about, you know, as Canadian CBs. We just we don't produce those. We we talked about it this whole past season. Canadian defenders is not something we produce. We're still a young football nation. So everybody grows up they want to be Cristiano Ronaldo, they want to be Neymar, you know what I mean? They want to be Messi, they want to score goals. We don't have the same like hockey culture of people that also grow up wanting to be defenders, right? So, no, it's an absolute uh, diamond in the rough. All right, so the next incoming was a huge one, Joe. Before Christmas, we were gifted an announcement video for one and only Ottawa's very own Matteo DeBrien. Um this was, you know, rumored for a while. Um, we have been saying to bring him in for years now, even before he signed with Valor. We had so much egg on our face. I remember that offseason when we thought we were going to draft him, and then at the last second, he withdrew from the draft and signed straight to Valor. Like We were were jokes, dude. Um, That was a huge fumble, and you know what? We've recovered that fumble. We ended up signing this young man. How do you feel about this?
1: It is an excellent example of Making a bad decision, ruminating on it for a long time, and turning it into a good decision. Mm-hmm. I, we had Mateo in 2020, mm-hmm. and he never appeared with us, like you, like was mentioned. And uh, <laughs> now we got him again. Yeah. After he, he set himself up to be one of the best young players in CPL. And I think it goes to show you cyberbullying works. <laughs> uh, if you... <laughs> Oh my goodness. I love
0: it. If if you if you will it enough, if you use enough hashtags, it'll eventually happen. And we cyber buoyed, you know, the shit out of Fernando for like three years and he made it happen.
1: <laughs> I think before we start talking about the player, I do think this is a perfect opportunity to to highlight this is the kind of relationship that the supporters have built with this club mm. and that the club has built with the supporters. There is that two-way communication where Clearly our opinions do matter and they understand how important the supporters group is because, you know, I'm not saying we're the only reason this happened because that would not possibly make sense. No, I mean, he was, he was the under 21
0: player of the ball. year, so he would be a, big, a great get for every team in the league. But um, no, yeah, I and totally he, agree.
1: He, like many, many other <laughs> players, have said playing in Ottawa is one of my favorite experiences playing in front of this crowd is one of my favorite experiences this crowd is part of the reason I have come here it, it's something we hear it's something that we have done it's something that we can be proud of as well
0: yeah i really think they're starting the this this past you know two seasons um they really started picking up on the value of having local players as far as how much the crowd likes it Whenever Valor's in town, you know, Mateo's whole family, Tony Mikael's whole family, they were all there at the games. And they, they you know, they now are now starting to realize how much we love having local players on our team. I mean, they should have already realized that, you know, with our last team, when we had players like Maxim Tissot, Carl Howarth, they brought both of them in, right? It's, we this is, we love having local players and going out to see them. So it's... We're now, you know, we missed out on Gabi Batar, we missed out on on Stefan Karyovanovich. So these are, they're starting to realize now they can't let the top tier local talent go elsewhere. You know, they they need to start here.
1: Exactly. And and Mateo is going to come in and immediately patch a giant issue we had, which is strength on the left side particularly (laughs) he he can play as a left back he can play as a left wing and I want to kind of target left back for a little bit because Mm -hmm. we know where my opinion stands and but uh you know bringing in a new left back who is young and has strength and room to grow but also does not make the same series of mistakes that we're used to. Mm -hmm. He's going to bring in a a very big dynamic change in the fact that he can play defensively, he can play offensively and he can play two way, which is something that we desperately need Mm -hmm. on that side, especially considering the other signings that we now have knowledge of for sure on that side as well. We're starting to clearly plug the holes that we had, the only thing is as we go we have to make sure that we're not creating other holes other places you know i understand you only have so many fingers to plug so many issues but you know duct tape's a thing
0: <laughs> um well said um i just can't wait for the first time he scores and then comes and does a backflip and right in front of the dub that's that's going to be the best day of my life <laughs> it's going to be so good it's going to be so good <laughs> Uh, speaking of celebrating in front of the dub, this this cat did it, uh, you know, twice iconically in one single game, and t- t- talk about the absolutely surreal piece of business that it is that we managed to bring Baloo f***ing Tablet back to Atlético Ottawa, a year after he left to Turkey.
1: <laughs> this is what I want to talk about, about <laughs> soccer business. That's how it's supposed to work at this level. You bring in a player for free <clears throat> who is Definitely above free in terms of value and caliber. Mm -hmm. Have them play amazingly above where they were expected to sell them and then for like a
0: a, a near league record fee,
1: from what if you believe the reports, and then immediately get him for free again (laughs) after getting some European experience. Right? That's how you do it. He's been nothing but profit and success for us fernando is
0: the deranged goofy meme he's like i'll do it again
1: <laughs> he's he spent the entirety of last season playing fm and actually figured out how to do all this stuff and was like oh wait a minute
0: <laughs> well wouldn't that be wouldn't that be wild brother nope. is save scumming in real life <laughs> honestly though honestly um this was an absolute coup this is you know this is apps you know take a bow fernando lopez the the fact that he pulled this off um if you believe all the reports you know they had been in contact basically the whole time that balu was in turkey um you know obviously taboo he wanted to to have his european chance again left after the first year of a three-year deal we didn't stand in his way we obviously you know needed some compensation but we let him go do it he went there he performed actually very well in his first season and then, you know, all of a sudden a bunch of earthquakes in Turkey start happening. And Now, you're, you're, you're in a country that you've never really been to before. You do not speak the language. You don't have anyone that you know there. And you're living in, uh, you know, an apartment building. And all of a sudden the league gets stopped and, you know, the whole country shuts down because of earthquakes. That's going to, like, do a number on your psyche. So I'm not really buying all these reports when people say, oh, another failed stint in Europe. Is that a failure, or is that just deciding that that's not your jam and you want to, you know, come home and then try it again?
1: I am really reluctant to use the term failure in Europe because of the surrounding circumstances. If he had played, if he had played a season that was not interrupted with, with, the worst kind of disaster and i want to take a moment to to just we to make sure that like everyone knows we're not making you know light of anything this is it was genuinely a terrible terrible thing happened and a lot of people lost their lives yeah in you yes, in, yes. in an uncontrollable terrible way mm-hmm. and for someone to turn around and say oh just a failed stint in europe <laughs> there were other circumstances absolutely if he had given the opportunity to play a full year like anyone doing this sport should be given the opportunity to do then things would have been different i think he would have continued to perform well i think he had set himself into a good motion of things he was doing well with a couple of off the bench appearances uh the crowds were reacting well to him you could see that in in the footage that exists of him playing over there um so i i I balk at calling it a failure because I don't think it was. I think he performed great and specifically in the circumstances that existed. And I think him coming back here isn't a sign of, Oh, I failed. So I'm going to come Olympic back home. I do view it as a, he didn't leave when it happened. He finished the season. If he had left when it happened, that's different, Mm -hmm. but he stayed and he toughed it out and he continued playing and he continued supporting the, Community around him that's the difference that's yep. what makes it not a failure in my eyes. He's coming back here triumphant as someone who has more life experience than us as the armchair guys saying it's a failure have and to me, that makes it more than worth it. You
0: no, know, I love it um obviously he didn't get as hasn't had as much playing time this season as he had last season he was based, i think he was the only sub appearances this season. Um, wasn't playing as much as he wanted to. And, you know, they came to a compromise and thought, all right, well, you you can go back if you want. And, you know, why not? You know, give it another shot. Like he said, he had some offers at other places. Um, uh, you know, he said he had some offers in Europe. He had some other offers in Canada and said, no, I want to be in Ottawa. And I mean, you know, how, how do you think that makes supporters feel? The guy that left early to go take his shot, who was, you know, probably the best player we've ever had. One of the best players the league's ever had. And then he said, it wasn't even a thought. The only place I ever I wanted to go was back in Ottawa. I mean, that, that warms your heart.
1: It feels good. It feels like reuniting with your childhood pet after months in your own apartment and you go and visit your mom and your dog comes and greets you before everyone else. You know, it's that moment between like your dog greeting you and your mom asking you to unload the dishwasher before you've taken your shoes off. Blue Tabla's return is that moment.
0: Oh, the perfect moment. <clears throat> no, I mean, it's especially because when he left, it almost seemed like he couldn't wait to leave, right? You know, you leave one year and two or three year deal, you're like, oh man, like it really was just a stepping stone, right? But I mean, to yeah. find out that he'd been in constant contact with Fernando and like, isn't, you know, it couldn't wait to come back is like, oh man, I, you love to hear it. You love to hear it. So, what do you think is, do you think his goal is MLS? Not necessarily Montreal, but just that level in general?
1: I think based off of his experience as a player, and I think based off of the growth of a person that we've seen him experience in the last two years, I think his goal is to play as much high-quality football season in, season out as he can. I think he is no longer looking ahead five years and saying, in five years, I want to be making a real impact again somewhere in Europe. I mm-hmm. think he is looking at it in a very mature sense of, I am in Ottawa this season. Mm-hmm. I am happy to be in the Ottawa this season. And I'm going to work in Ottawa this season. Yeah. And if next year he gets picked up <clears throat> into the MLS, he'll have the exact same mindset. And if mm-hmm. he is still here with us next season, he'll have the exact same mindset and if he destroys both his knees and he ends up in section W with us next season, <laughs> he'll have the exact same mindset yeah. because that is who I think Blue Tableau has turned into as a player.
0: Yeah, I think he. I think his reputation is is you know kind of outdated. You know, like the whole, you know like be, being l'enfant terrible. It's not really like you know that that was him when he was like eighteen. You know the 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 maturity that he that he's shown you know for the past couple of years. Is incredible the drive, the dedication, the hard work, the the you know see those clips we posted of him from Turkey. He doesn't really celebrate those goals because he knows that it's all part of putting the work in. You know he's not giving it the big one after scoring like a, a a stoppage time late sub on goal. He knows that there's work to do. So that combined with I mean in his his interview he mentioned one of his best uh, favorite parts of being here back here is being close to his family. Obviously that's extremely important to him. And you know, not everyone can move halfway across the world and flourish, and that doesn't necessarily—it's not necessarily because he couldn't do it. It's—it's possible he just doesn't want to be away from his family for that long. You know, some people are just like that. He wants to be somewhere he's comfortable.
1: Playing in Turkey was a job. Playing here is his career. Yeah, it's a big difference.
0: I could—that's that's that's such a great way to put it. That's a great way to put it. No, I can see it. I I mean, I do still think that he's—you know—obviously an ambitious player still um i don't think we're gonna see him for three years as much as last time i was hoping we were gonna see him for three years we only saw him for one um and by the way just a sidebar the fact that we signed him for three years again is hilarious i mean master class fernando masterclass. but um if he ends up anywhere you know that's why i said do you think his goal is mls you know he can still be close to his family most of the time And but he gets to you know move up a level, and I mean, what better place to showcase yourself to to play in the MLS than to come back here, right?
1: Like, I could definitely see him doing two years here and joining the Canadian Revolution that's happening at Timbers, yeah. I think he'd fit in, I think he'd fit in phenomenally there. Great show, but I think (laughs) compared to Tabla four years ago, I think that's not an immediate thing that's on his mind. I Mm. think right now it's let's let's win this league again with this team yeah
0: absolutely no i totally agree i totally agree balutab with three years i can't believe it man i can't believe he was saying that like i know for for the longest time we would we would joke about that we were looking at his transfer market stats and realized he wasn't playing that much and we'd say bring him home fernando do it but you know it was half joking because we're like there's no way it's gonna happen but it did (laughs)
1: The the joys of having a top flight league that is somewhere in the middle of the world's footballing <laughs> in terms of, of in terms of quality. Literally yeah. anything could happen. No, exactly. We could we could bring in a national team player who will play like three hundred minutes for one of the, the mid for like a mid-table team yeah. and then just kind of, you know, f off in the offseason. <laughs> or we can have just some random kid come up and play twenty minutes and then f- off and never be seen again like that's how that's how it works man it's a, it's a league of wonders it's a league of miracles and it's a it's a league of of genuine awesome and frustrating what the isms
0: yeah yep speaking of this is actually a great segue we're gonna go on to the rumor section now <laughs> <laughs> r- 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 rumor speaking of miracles and anything can happen we've got three big ones for you today for this uh for this episode and these are ones that have you know public yarns connecting to different pins, public people connecting uh, uh, these names with these players. So the first two of these players are ones that you'll be very familiar with. They both come from Pacific. The first one is, is you know, I, I can't believe that we've actually, you know, that there's been public connections throwing our name around with this guy, but his name is Manny Aparicio and obviously released from Pacific FC previously a york uh, uh, york 9 player it was at the time um one of the premier uh box to box midfielders in the league um there the 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 rumors of where he wants to go is obviously mls level the biggest rumors right now is actually the vancouver white caps um and, uh, but tfc also is a bit of a rumor there but there's rumors that multiple cpl clubs have reached out to him for to make him, you know, probably the highest paid player in the league. And two of the names that are floating around right now are the Halifax Wonders and Atletico, Ottawa. Um, how would you feel about landing Manny Aparicio?
1: I I think it would be a phenomenal step uh, in this direction of, like I'd said, plugging these holes that we have and, and building a team that, that shows that we want to do more than just have a successful year here and there. We want to build, you know, a franchise team that's going to play and be a top team over and over and over again. And Mm -hmm. I think starting with a strong midfield piece uh, is going to be the starting point of that. We Mm -hmm. have Ollie Bastard already, but he is the player that every single transfer window, we are always like, oh, this will be the one where he leaves and goes somewhere else. And every single time we are genuinely surprised that that he hasn't. Mm -hmm. And... Having a player like Manny who can come in and have that same or even higher skill level while also having the teamwork level that Ollie is missing is, is something that I think would be a phenomenal thing for us to see and a phenomenal thing for us as seasoned fans to experience, but also something for young people to look up to as a player in their local community.
0: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> talk about a massive statement signing that would be. I mean, you know, taking the under-121 player of the year in Matteo de Brienne is enough of a statement as it is. Bringing back Blue Tabla is enough of a statement as it is. You know, grabbing one of the best players in the league from, you know, one of the league title contenders is just another massive statement. And if you've read French media, especially um, uh, interviews with Maxime Tissot and with Matteo de Brienne, um, for some reason these quotes only ever come out in the French media. I don't know, the juicier stuff comes out there. But they both basically said... That the goal this year, legitimately, not just one of those puff puff pieces, is to do the double, is to win the shield and to win the cup. So, I mean, I think we're seeing just the beginning of, you know, cold Fernando Winter as far as what he's willing to do to bring some of these players in. I don't think by Manu is off the table. I think we've got the cojones to try and do something like that.
1: I I think at the moment, I don't think we should put anybody off the table. I think if there's even... if. You know, if there's even just a shred of evidence that we have made progress, then we should take some sort of heed in that. Because if if that is the case and that is the goal truly, then nothing should be off the table, especially players like Manny.
0: Yeah, no, you can't go from winning the league to then missing out on playoffs. And you know, he the, the front office definitely would have heard that from the front office back in Europe. They would have been like, "Listen, like you can't let that happen again. Like you, you do what you got to do." <laughs> Um, speaking of statement signings, this one actually has even you know stronger uh, rumors. We've seen uh, an article in the Northern Tribune mentioned that Amor Didic, you know, one of the premier centre-backs in the league from Pacific FC again, was released from his contract and and um, Jean-Jacques made mention in the Northern Tribune that Atletico Ottawa had made a sizable offer for Amor Didic. A significant, sizable offer. Now, Tell me how huge of a coup this would be as well. And you're talking about plugging our holes that we have in the backline right now.
1: He, He would not only... Would he be a huge step forward in plugging that hole, but he is a player who is a defender, a strong defender, who has a very good skill cap. He has a lot of room still to grow. And despite being 29... He is still has room to grow, as he has shown that he is still somehow developing mm-hmm. and learning new things and showing up with new things. But he's a defender who can score goals and score important goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, he put three goals with FC Edmonton, six goals with Pacific FC. He's a defender, and that's more goals than some of our forwards have put up in terms of career stats. No, the absolutely.
0: There, there was there was a time last season when he was Pacific's leading scorer
1: yeah he's a center back he's a center back one more time johnny he's a center back it's it's... he is exactly the kind of piece that you don't just find he's the kind of piece that you fight for because he fits in three different jigsaw pieces and you know they sent out three with 999 pieces and one with a thousand and you know everyone's got to share
0: yeah um basically the definition of how of of the modern center back that's available at this level i would yeah, say
1: absolutely he's the he's the prototypical center back that you want for this level
0: yeah so i think i just i don't know i think about him often it sounds weird but i do <laughs> ever since i first saw that article and you know it came to this idea in my head that we could actually really pull this off it it is it, 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 seeing our name in print under his face it just it made my eyes glow.
1: It's just something. It's the same thing with Manny. It's it feels good now to see our names mentioned as contenders alongside yeah. MLS teams. Mm-hmm. It's like the you know the three biggest are Toronto FC, Vancouver Whitecaps, and Atlético Ottawa. Like yeah. that feels You're good, like, man. Like, like we we made it. We made it, man. We We're, made
0: massive. It. We're massive. We're <laughs> massive. We told you. We told you. Um, the last rumor that we have is, so we don't actually have our, the the name of our club attached to this player, but we've put a lot of twos and twos and twos together to figure out that we will probably have our hat in the ring at least. So this is a young man named Chris Twardek. He is a 26 year old winger and he was, he was bouncing around in Europe a little bit. Um, he was in Ireland and then he was in Poland and back in Ireland again, Um, He played for Bohemians. And in his uh, contract termination announcement, it was mentioned that he wanted to go back to Canada and play closer to home because he had never really done that professionally. Um, And he is actually born in Toronto, but grew up in Ottawa. If you go to his Instagram page in his bio, it says the word Ottawa. And if you want to get even deeper... If you look on Matteo de Brienne's Instagram page and you see him in his offseason uh training sessions at Louis Riel Dome, you will see Matteo de Brienne playing, you know, practice games, pickup games with the likes of Nathan Ingham, Tyr Walker, Max Tissot, Ollie Bassett, and yes, Chris Twardek. So I'm just saying where there's smoke, there's fire. I I think there's a good chance that we're possibly, you know, our, our our name is in the conversation for this guy. So what do you know about Chris Twardek?
1: Uh, all I know is that the bows have made a terrible decision in letting him go. If they had any chance of trying to keep him, he was a very key part in, in their, in their success in the Mm. last couple of years. Mm -mm. Uh, the bohemians are one of the larger clubs in ireland or mm-hmm. one of the more successful clubs in ireland yep. and uh, they had a they had a rough season so it makes sense why he would want to leave at this time especially to come to canada when our league as a whole is on the upswing mm-hmm. i mean we have two teams in the in the concacaf champions league this year uh, things things are changing we have more we have more slots in the in the updated style of the league like things are things are happening in a positive way here and he is exactly the kind of player that we want to come back here to Canada. Yep. He's played in a top flight that's very similar to ours in the Irish top flight. I yep. would say it's probably the the closest English speaking country to a league with ours would probably. be the I would be the Irish and North Irish leagues. They're very similar in terms of ability. Those but two are very in different like in how they probably. practice. Yeah. Uh I would even put Australia a little bit lower. Yeah, I probably to be would honest. too. The A-League has been the A-League's quality has been going lower as okay, you yeah. see their players go other places. Yeah, no fair the enough. The A-League recently has exported a lot mm-hmm. but has failed to import as much. Yeah. A big fear I had for the CPL that recently has been dissuaded in the last 2 years. Yeah. But um, uh this is exactly the kind of exactly the kind of move any any club in the CPL should be making a move for mm-hmm. Twardik. He yeah. is someone who needs to be in the CPL because he will be a beacon player for other players to come to the CPL.
0: Well, there's there are proven players in the CPL that have literally come from that league. Like This will be far from the first uh, movement between those two leagues. So, like you mentioned... No, pro- but I think it
1: will be one of the biggest because of his successes there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm I mean, just saying it goes to show that it's, it's a really good... Um, you know indicator of the level it's kind of the perfect opportunity from him because we've seen lots of players like him i mean look at look at malcolm shaw when he first came back um lots of players like him that when they first broke out they were at an age when this wasn't an option for them so they had to go and so they spent their entire professional career you know elsewhere um you know look at who york united just signed with uh frank stirring um you know players like this and and so these re- reclamation projects are is really something that we have done and we should continue to do because a lot of them you know will be homesick they they say oh damn i can play pro and i don't have to be you know living in this this strange country that i've never been to or i have to keep bouncing around this continent or things like this right so um we've done it before we had done it with uh we ever since he had left montreal uh he was you know professional elsewhere um we try to do it with Jordan Webb. You know, we all know how that turned out, but no, this is then this is a prime reclamation project as well, because he's only 26.
1: Yeah, which is why I think a player like him is so important, not just for us to sign, but for the league to sign. He is he has a single appearance with the Canadian national team, mm-hmm. but I think he would do more to attract national team players than Daniel Henry will.
0: Oh, that's a claim.
1: I think he has the skill level that if we had a different selection of coaches or if he did not have to compete with uh, the likes of Buchanan and Davies to mm-hmm. play. Specifically Davies, because Davies plays more as a defender in his club days. Mm-hmm. We play him more as a forward than he does uh, back in Bayard. Yeah. So it, if he didn't have to compete with Davies, I think he would have been able to make more of a breakout in 2017. But I think a player like him will be able to attract the players who are U-20 or are trying to get onto the Olympic U-23 team, mm-hmm. I think he'll do more to attract the incoming. Right. Let, let me rephrase. He'll do more to attract the incoming okay. national team players cool. than the outgoing, than yeah. someone like Doniel Henry would have done. Cool.
0: Um, I just I just love what he does for our options in our attack. I mean, you know, he can play both wings. Balutabla can play both wings and down the middle. DeBrienne can play left wing. We have we just have so many, you know, different combinations. Even at the moment, we still have ten more players to sign. So yeah, it's I, I'm really excited about what kind of team we're gonna look like next season if, if we bring in a player like this. He he really to me seems like he's got like the step overness and the cleverness to get around a defender from the highlights that I've seen as like a Jean Anyel but he can actually hit a cross
1: you know yeah. like <laughs> he has the experience to back it up
0: exactly and he has you know uh, that that end product where he can he can hit across into the box and get an assist onto a goal you know he might not have the speed but he has the cleverness to cover for it so no i think this would be a really exciting signing and i think it would be a huge miss given the evidence i have given out earlier if you know he ends up signing somewhere else
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it would be a real be a real kick in the teeth
0: yeah that'd be a that'd be a fumble so those are the big; those are really the big three rumors that we've got for you right now. Um, now Joey has a wish list. I don't know; I've not I haven't seen it yet. So <laughs> he's going to hit me with some knowledge about who he either thinks we're going to pick up or who he wants us to pick up. I remember; I remember last off season he he was mentioning some randos from the Caribbean. So you know, get get your Google on. I got I got one.
1: On. I got I got one from the Caribbean. Get your Google on. Summer. I've got I've got two for you this week. All right, let's go. Uh, First one is a uh, uh, Canadian, young Canadian. Okay, uh, see Jamie this, Knight.
0: This is already a better one than any, probably any of the ones you mentioned last yeah. year.
1: <laughs> uh, Jamie Knight Labelle. He's a 19-year-old uh, center defensive midfielder. Okay. Uh, he's actually a, a very prototypical number six. Uh, okay. How he's how he's been described by the Bristol City U21 team that he plays for. Okay. Uh, he actually made a, he made his professional debut on October 28th of 2023. For Bristol City. Okay. Where he won two ground tackles, two out of four of his air duels, and had eleven accurate passes, nine of which were in the oppos- opposition's third. So he <laughs> and Bristol City is what are they League One or uh, Championship? Champion? I think I believe they're championship. League one or championship. So he's an, open.
0: a nineteen year old Canadian who has made a first team pro debut for Bristol City.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, their championship and uh he but he typically plays for the 21s mm-hmm. uh he's very young but he is exactly the kind of player for the future that we should have our eyes on hell yeah he'll be good for U 21 minutes for mm-hmm. a couple more years mm-hmm. and he's someone who can learn a lot from zapater and when the time is right slot into that position he is a number six that mm-hmm. is what he plays that is how he makes his money and he's young and in only 17 minutes of professional time he's made nine passes in, his, in the other team's third
0: that's amazing that
1: to me stands out and i th- i think just being a 19 year old center back who plays for a a larger team in england is something that we should 100% be looking at
0: sounds like the Pembroke pirlo is he from Pembroke? that kind of the, the joke depends on it Basically, whenever I see these Canadian players that are playing abroad and killing it abroad, <clears throat> I'm always interested in where in Canada uh, they're from. He's from Montreal. He's from Montreal. Okay. He's from Montreal. See, it's whenever they're from close to Ottawa, it always you know gets my heart pumping a little bit because I'm like, okay, if they're going to come back here for any little length of time for anything, they're probably going to want to be close to home. Uh, he's,
1: uh, he's from Montreal. Uh, Canadian father, Welsh mother. He has eligibility to play for the Welsh uh, team. Uh, he's played with the Canadian U twenty. He's had four appearances with the Canadian U twenty team. That's what brought him to my attention. Um, but what he, the reason he's with Bristol City is they he's lived there since he was five years old, and okay. he is effectively playing for his hometown team. That would be the biggest, uh, the biggest thing against us. He's been playing with them since he was fourteen.
0: Okay, Jamie Knight Labelle. Google it. Put it on your
1: radar. My other one swings so hard in the opposite direction that I'm about to break uh, Johnny's neck. We're going to be looking at Kamar Lawrence, a 31-year-old Jamaican center back. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Show show your work. Show your work. He's made 184 appearances in the MLS, 118 of them with New York Red Bull, but he has been unattached since August of 2023. Okay. Last season, he was in the top 89% of the entire league for aerial duels. Wow. With 31. Okay. And the top 81% of per- percentage of tackles won with 70%, making 14 of his 20 tackles throughout the entire season. Wow. So he is. He's like a, a pretty very... top
0: center back in the MLS who's just been out of contract since August. Is that what we're talking about?
1: Yes. He's also a mainstay for the Jamaican national team. Uh, especially under their new coach. Their their last coach, who is known for picking younger players, mm-hmm. uh actually regularly would field teams below 29. Uh, but the new coach, uh Kamar Lawrence, was one of his first re uh to be recalled back up to play for his national team. Interesting. He hasn't played in a little bit, you know, August of, of last year. Mm-hmm. However, the stats that he puts up are very consistent, especially for a defender of his age. But this is a very tall, very muscular human being who we are just lacking someone of that build on our back. He is older and he is an international slot, but he is exactly the kind of player that who can reasonably and realistically take up an international spot. Especially considering that transfer market has him rated at only one hundred thirty thousand dollars.
0: This see, this is like this is kind of blowing my mind here. So this this guy didn't retire or anything. He just he's been out of contract. No, he's he's unattached. August.
1: He's still playing. He'll he will be playing uh, in Jamaica for Jamaica's team in the next international window.
0: And he's only thirty one. He's only thirty one. That's wow. Any I mean, the MLS should be all over that. How is how is he unattached yeah. still?
1: Um. <clears throat> I'm not sure, unless unless someone can find some sort of, like, article from Jamaica saying that, like, this guy kicks dogs or something. Uh, <laughs> can I say that? Hold on. <laughs> I
0: mean, sure you can. I mean, we're obviously framing it as as kicking dogs is wrong.
1: Yeah, right. Kicking dogs is bad. Uh, right. But, like, unless someone can find some sort of article saying, like, this is an awful person mm-hmm. in his private life. Yeah. I can't find any reason why they haven't been all over him. Uh, but I, I like... The three teams he's played for were Minnesota, uh, who is who he just recently played for. Sorry, last season was with Minnesota. Uh, he was with uh, New York Red Blacks. Red Bulls. Nope. Thank you. <laughs> New York Red Bulls. And I you're, so you're so Ottawa-pilled, Joey. <laughs> you're so Ottawa-pilled. So <laughs> Ottawa-pilled. <laughs> uh, shout out our PWHL team. Heck yeah. Um, watch them play. They're pretty great. No, I think he- he's exactly the kind of player who more eyes should be on. And uh, considering that this is one of the first times I brought up a player from that region, and you were not completely just like shut off the recording, shut off the recording. No, no, no. Well, that's why I said show you work, and it's good work. Yeah, no, I, 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 I think this is exactly the kind of international player that we should be, we should be looking at. Thank you, absolutely. Uh, Sorry, Toronto FC was the other team. That's the That was the reason I was looking at him, because I found him on a list of players. Okay,
0: so there FC. is a, there is at least a, a Canadian connection there as well. He had yeah, yeah. so he team. had
1: 118 games at uh, Red <clears throat> Bull, 25 at Toronto, and 41 at Minnesota. Okay. Uh, he also has some experience in Belgium, and of course has 50, uh, 50 games with Harvard View, which is a Jamaican team who are also very fun to watch if you ever get the opportunity.
0: This is a really great uh, uh, wish list, Joey. You knocked this one out of the park. Um, Kamar Lawrence, Google it. Put him on your radar. This will be the one
1: that my plan this season is to uh, bully Fernando into signing one of these two. If anyone would like to help me, uh, send me a DM in the Discord available (laughs) exclusively to paid members of CCSG.
0: (laughs) We're starting it. Um. All right. Well, that's that's the rumors. That's the wish list. Um, we're reaching the back end of this pod. You know, we're we're. I thought we were going to be shaking off some rust, but we're kind of just right back into the into the mix of things, aren't we, Joey? We're killing this.
1: I definitely haven't been rehearsing this with my cat during the entire season.
0: <laughs> the cat, which by the way has been on the screen during this call about half of the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Um, so, uh, yesterday or while you're listening to this two days ago, um, the league dropped the schedule for the 2024 CPL season. Um, our home opener will be against York United on Saturday, April 13th at, I believe it is 2 PM. I think it is. Yes. I have to look at it, but I'm pretty sure it's an afternoon game. Um, 28 week schedule, all teams play on the final day, which is a massive improvement. Because, you know, this past season, we already knew before the last game uh, that we weren't in the playoffs because we didn't all play in the final day, which was stupid. So everyone plays in the final day. Um, the the aways and homes look pretty well split up. I don't think there's any more. I don't think there's even three in a row of it. There might be three in a row once, maybe twice. But it's mostly, you know, at the most, two in a row, one or the other. We, it's not like we're not going to uh, be like Valor where we're like on the road for like 10 games and then, yeah.
1: From what was given to me uh, for my job as director of watch parties, Mm -hmm. shout out our watch parties. Heck yeah! Um, We will never be playing. I I believe I was supposed to get some clarification on this, but I never followed up because I do that sometimes. (laughs) Uh, I believe no team plays more than twice in a row at home. I think that's something that the league was trying to emphasize. Great. Um, And we, I think, our longest stretch away from home is twenty-eight days. In August, I mean, yeah, I think that's it.
0: I think that might be three in a row, but it's the only yeah, one of the season.
1: Yes, so I and not just for us, but across the board, it looks like steps have been taken to balance the schedule more. Yeah. Uh, I, part of the realities of Canada is one half of the country thaws out long before <laughs> the other half, so some <laughs> teams are forced to play away from home longer, yep. and some teams are uh, bitten on the ass with. Uh, you know, rebuilds and and permitting, mm-hmm. uh, which which sucks. However, um, I think Valor has a fantastic opportunity of playing. Ev- they had they play every team away from home once before mm-hmm. playing at home. Yeah, and I think having a tour like that at the start of every season. Mm-hmm. Hot take. Discuss it in the comments. I think every team should have one stretch like that at the start of the season and it just rotates which team does it every year. I think a tour <laughs> like that would be fun. It would be a great way to be like, look at the CPL, one team goes on tour. Whatever team wins the league has to go on tour the next season.
0: That's a new rule. <laughs> That's a hot take. Um <clears throat> I'm just <laughs> The funny thing is is that you know, by the end of the season they're going to have I think like they're like 9 or 10 games in a row where they're at home at the end of it that attendance is going to be awful by the end of that run. And like, honestly, and the, the, the players are probably going to get sick of it too, because yeah, you like being at home on breaks and stuff like that. But like, you know, part of the excitement of being a professional athlete is every now and, you know, every, you know, every other week you get to leave and go be somewhere new. And, but instead you're stuck in Winnipeg for like two months.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, like I feel bad. Like Bryce up there explains a lot about him i would yeah figure. No. but uh <laughs> like i'm i'm from Smith falls mm-hmm. and i would rather not live in winnipeg <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a joke for all the smith fallers out there
1: <laughs> yep uh primarily my mom the only person from Smith falls who listens to this podcast
0: <laughs> i love it i love it so um there you go just cracking a beer right there in the pod um we have the same playoff format as last year, which I thought was awful, but you know, was, the, the league advertised it as being the reason why the season was so exciting, but the season was so exciting because the season was so exciting. That's it. It didn't have anything to do with the playoff format.
1: So, I think this is, again, one of those places where I was the only person who liked the playoff format. <laughs> I think it genuinely made that last two weeks a lot more enjoyable for me.
0: Because you we found something enjoyable football. in those last weeks, I didn't even. I, yeah. I blocked those out of my brain. I think the last six weeks I blocked out of my brain.
1: There was something about you know chewing your nails all the way down to the bed, sitting there cautiously watching and being like, literally, every point matters. And I would yeah. rather have every point matter because to me, that is more <clears throat> meaningful, entertaining football than mm. clearing by 13 points. Fair enough. And the fact that we missed. Fifth place by one point mm-hmm. is what football is all about. Any amount of decisions that changed could have changed at one point into to our direction. Everybody, every single one of us has a different moment, a different game from that last stretch that we go back to and say, that's the moment. Mm-hmm. For some of us, it's losing New York. For some of us, it was when yeah, we have like six messed of them. up that first. <laughs> yeah, everyone has their own. And that's the point, And that's why, guys... I so much enjoyed this format mm-hmm. of playoffs is by having a majority of the teams, not just half, a majority, half plus one, make the playoffs, those bottom four teams, they're the ones to watch now, not the top three, yeah. it's the bottom four, Well, and that to me is what this level of football is about.
0: Especially when you're, you know, top two, you get two chances, right? Like we saw with with cavalry, uh, with, uh, yeah, with cavalry, that you can lose the first round and you know still be in it in the final anyway. So, it's interesting. Yeah. I might warm up to and it. And I this think that's season, something you only. should,
1: you should, you should, you should earn the best possible chances if you've made it that that high up in the league. Yeah, it makes sense to, for to, <laughs> for them to have that second chance because they would have fought the hardest to get to the top.
0: Yeah, speaking of. Um... Missing uh, fifth by one point. I don't know why we're we're bringing up old shit right now, but speaking of missing fifth by one point, um, I was hanging with Bryce and John over the weekend. They were in town for the uh, ISC conference. Um, And I had never done the math because, like I said, I just blocked out the end of last season. Um, I don't remember anything about it. Um, But uh, John reminded me that uh, had we not given up all of those late goals, if all of those results had stayed the same before the goal each time, whether it was you know a draw instead of a loss or a win instead of a draw, um, we would have finished in second.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's exactly that's why I love a five team playoff. It was a team.
0: I mean, it was just a close league in general. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it was it was a close league.
1: Imagine how much worse this
0: league this yeah. year is going to be. Right? Yeah, Oof, it's, it, be it's just
1: it's part of it. Yeah.
0: I love it. I'm really excited, especially because I think we're just going to be so much more competitive based on the players we've brought in. You know, the rumors that we're floating around now—it's it's going to be a banger.
1: This is also the uh, the second year in a row where the home opener is the day before my birthday. So, uh, thank you CPL for the best birthday present you guys have gotten me twice, two years in a row.
0: (laughs) We'll probably get another game around that time, depending on what the V Cup draw is going to be. Because you know, if uh, last year is any. uh, c- consideration they're probably going to screw us over and have us play the first round of the v cup before we even begin the season again so we'll see yeah
1: <laughs> it is what it is
0: it is what it is um all right well to close things out we got some housekeeping things uh club news soccer Lude is happening right now it started on monday with the signing of blue tabla um there is a schedule for what all the events for soccer Lude would be on uh the ATO website there's lots of cool stuff. Um, I think there's like a toboggan day or something with like supporters groups. There's uh, various activities. Today or yesterday, the club launched the uh, Letty a- uh, Equal Access Initiative, which uh, I was talking with Thomas personally about. It sounds really friggin' cool. Um, it's set to break down barriers and promote accessibility to soccer in Ottawa, especially within underrepresented groups in the Capital Region. So amongst other things, I believe they're providing tickets for uh, low-income uh, members of the community as well. Just, re- just reaching out to you know underrepresented people in the community to make soccer more accessible. it's just sort of the ultimate growing the game type of thing. So, things like this are going to be announced over the next two weeks, um, including next week. We we'll leave next Tuesday on January thirtieth. There will be another player signing, and the schedule says another playing signing, player signing with a local flavor, is the wording that they use.
1: Yeah, the exact the exact quote. Have I in preparation had mm-hmm. this open. Uh, the tobogganing event you were mentioning is on Saturday, January twenty seventh. Uh, it is BYOT, bring your own toboggan. <laughs> Season seat members are invited to join us at the Arboretum. I hope I said that right because last time I said it wrong. Bryce gave me a very dirty. <laughs> you did again. see it, You did say it right. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, which is at the experimental farm uh, for coffee, hot chocolate, and prizes to embrace the Ottawa winter. Followed by Tuesday, January thirtieth. Expect another player announcement, but this time with a dash of local flavor.
0: A dash of local flavor. I'm loving it. I mean, we did mention earlier that Chris Tardik is for, is from Ottawa, so could it be? I don't know. We'll see.
1: I think he's. I think he's just enough from Ottawa that the term dash would apply.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I like it. I like it. But no, it's that's that's the first one that comes to mind for me. I don't imagine that we'll be like, you know, signing Luca Piccioli to a full pro deal considering we haven't had preseason yet. So I'm very excited to see who that's gonna be. Um see the full schedule for Soccer Loot on the on the ATO website. Um now for onto CCSG housekeeping things. There is an Atletico Madrid watch party on February fourth at the at the GCP. It's the Derby Day, and it is gonna be huge. Huge game, huge implications, February 4th, CCSG watch party, GCP, get into it. We want a huge turnout for this one, huge push. It's going to be like a like a curtain opener for watch parties for the whole season for ATO watch parties.
1: Uh, keep in mind, uh, spaces for that are going to be limited. So if you are interested in going to that, please email community at atleticoottawa.club as soon as possible. Uh, to make sure that you are securing your seat to that Uh, there will be halftime trivia with some prizes courtesy of the club Uh, and at the same time the FIFA 2026 World Cup schedule does get announced that day as well and uh, the host of that event will do their best to make it as charismatic an announcement as possible
0: (laughs) amazing now that sounds great segue into that we will be having a paid membership drive in the near future obviously membership to ccsg be the newsletter for free you don't have to pay to be a member you don't have to pay to be in the dub other than your your ticket however we are introducing a paid tier of ccsg membership and this is going to come with a whole lot of cool benefits and stuff one of them is access to our members only discord where if you're a member on there you've been already hearing about these rumors for weeks now probably a lot of stuff gets talked about in there. We organize events in there. We uh, you know, organize uh, arts TFOs TIFOs and songs and uh, ATO news and just CPL news in general. Um, it's a really cool Discord to be on. Uh, you also get a discount on the EPL Fantasy League. I know there is a fee, a general fee for anyone to be in it. But if you are already a paid member of CCSG, then you get a discount on the Fantasy League, which is, you know, heating up like crazy. Um, you get access to purchasing the membership scarf. Um, you get priority access to all of our events and road trips, you know, things like our watch party that we're talking about when we have road trips, uh, over the season, you know, if we get the buses going again, you will have priority access to all these things. So, um, there will be a drive for this in the, a drive for this membership in the very near future. So keep your eyes and ears on that. I've always been bad at the closing sections of these episodes, but I think that was pretty good. What do you think, Joey?
1: uh yeah that's good um nothing else i can really think of i don't know if it'll get out in time but uh january 28th that's this sunday at 2 Mm p.m darts tournament at glebe central pub glebe central pub the one true home of football in ottawa also really awesome darts
0: also awesome darts get into the darts i love the little plug at the end joey this has been a pleasure i think we knocked the first episode of the season out of the park I can't wait for our next one to have a whole new set of names to talk about. It's going to be sick.
1: Oh, absolutely. The, the <laughs> dent in my couch that I sit in, it's like it almost never went away.
0: <laughs> I love it. All right, buds. I'll talk to you later, Joey. We will talk to you all later as well. Absolutely.